0: Hello, welcome to the Better Bosses podcast. We're so glad you're here. We're all about helping bosses become better leaders of people so they can bring out the best in themselves and others. We know you've got what it takes to be a fantastic boss, one your team members will rave about, and we're here to give you the knowledge, tools, and support you need. I'm Melissa McCartney, the founder of Better Bosses and this podcast is part of the Lessons Learned series where I'll be interviewing some of the best leaders I've worked with and for. I'll be asking them the Better Bosses fast five questions and we'll also do some deep dives into some more specific topics. I am super excited today to have Angela Greenwood here with me. Angela and I worked together at Mortgage Choice for about three and a half years. I was the GM of marketing and Angela was the head of brand and digital. And she was the first person I hired to help me transform the marketing function. I would not have been able to do it without her. Thank you, Ange. (laughs) Pleasure. (laughs) Um, And uh, this might sound a little bit weird, but one of my proudest moments was actually the day that Ange pulled me aside to resign from her role at Mortgage Choice to go and take on a really great, fantastic, big role at Optus as the director of digital performance marketing and analytics. Um, I was so proud of um, what you had achieved and you had obviously grown, um, outgrown mortgage choice and it was, it was the right move and the right time for you and I was just so excited for you to be taking that next step in your career. And since then you've been promoted to the Director of Acquisition and Customer Marketing and you're leading a massive team of about 58 people, is that right? That is right and uh, continuing to grow. That's fantastic, it's so, so different from the the small team that we had at Mortgage Choice, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So welcome, Anne, to the podcast, and I thought maybe we could start by just asking you to give us a little bit of a, a feel for your leadership journey over the last few years.
1: Thank you, Mel, and it's fantastic to be here. So as you said about 3 years and 9 months ago I joined Optus in the Director of Digital Performance Marketing and Analytics role and that was a team of about 20ish people and obviously that was a leap at the time from the number of people that I had been managing at Mortgage Choice I felt a little bit scary but luckily I have had amazing people around me at Optus throughout that time and throughout that journey at Optus People around me have placed so much faith in my ability to execute, uh, which I am hugely grateful for and is something that obviously you also had in me, which really helped me to grow. So today, as, as a leader, my proudest moments are always when I see those around me shine and when I can really empower my direct reports to
0: continue to grow. Awesome. Thanks, Ant. We might jump into the Better Bosses Fast Five questions if that's okay with you. Fantastic, um, shoot. You ready to go? Okay, yeah, let's first, do it. The first slide is, what's one thing you've learnt from the best boss you've ever had?
1: So I've had, I've been lucky enough to have a number of fantastic bosses and I think that what I've learnt from each one of them is something quite consistent. They've all had a really clear vision of where they want to go and they've been able to communicate that really effectively to the team and rally the team around that cause. So for me, that's something that I really try to practise as well with my own team. How can I make it really clear where we're going, what our mission is and uh, what can we draw in around us to make that happen? And, and when, there's, when there's a clear direction, I think that's, that really gives people the framework in which to thrive
0: completely agree with that um okay so what's one thing you've learned from the most challenging boss you've ever had which i hope wasn't me but
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't no it wasn't look it's really interesting because the most challenging bosses that i've ever worked for are not necessarily the ones that have been the most critical or the most prickly or you know in the traditional sense of the word the most difficult to work with because I think that the, the most challenging bosses are actually the ones that don't give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Where you're just sort of operating in a bit of a vacuum. You're not quite sure whether you're doing a good job or you're not doing a great job um, and there's there's not a lot of information to go on. So I think for me, what I've learned from the most challenging bosses I work for is the crucial importance of feedback. Mm-hmm. Making sure that that's regular, making sure it's in the moment, making sure that people feel recognized for their achievements, but also having the tough conversations when they need to be had.
0: Uh, That's that's fantastic. It actually makes me think of something because um, I remember when I was working for one of my most challenging bosses, I don't remember him ever saying thank you to me for some of the work that I had done and then got a new boss essentially and it was one of the first things that she said to me and she said it regularly and even just Thank you, is a really nice way of giving feedback to people. Yeah, I agree with you, the feedback is so important. Either way, whether it's critical and constructive or whether it's positive, it's super important.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've I've had bosses that, at the time, it it may have felt really painful that, that, you know, they were really, really pushing me. It may have felt at the time like I was just getting criticised constantly. But some of those have also been the best growing experiences of my life because they saw potential in me and they wanted to push it. So, you know, I think yeah. sometimes sometimes it's it's just really about people having faith in you and whether that comes through as maybe constructive criticism, whether that comes through
0: as praise, that really helps to, to push people on, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, question number three, what's something you've learned about managing people from a mistake you've made?
1: One of the key things I've learned is hiring decisions are critical. <laughs> and, and I'm very, very glad to hear you say at the start of this that you felt that hiring me was a good decision because I think that, as you said, that you know, when, you, when you have great people around you, it just it lifts the whole team. And, and when I've made mistakes, in that hiring process that has been really challenging. Not just for me, but for the whole team because it has a flow and impact, right, in terms of of how that affects the whole team. Whether that person doesn't have quite the right skill set, or whether they don't have quite the right mindset. And I think the one thing I've learned is that skill is obviously really important, but actually will, for me, probably outstrips it because skill can always be learned. But if people aren't passionate and they don't have that fire in the belly to succeed, that's something that's actually quite difficult to teach. That's very true, that's very true.
0: We might dive into um, with that a little bit later on, if that's a really great topic. Okay, so question number four, um, and you've touched on this a little bit, but what was your, what's one of your proudest moments as a people manager? That's a
1: tough one to, to just come up with one example, because there've been so many. But if I think of a recent one, it would have to be when Optus was named the number one strongest brand in Australia in the brand finance index, uh, actually knocking Qantas off the top spot. And we don't have nearly the same, for example, budget resources that our biggest competitor has. So for us, that was a fantastic vindication of the work that all of the team does um, and how hard we work to innovate and do things as efficiently and effectively as possible. So for me, that was a really proud moment for the whole team.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. That's fantastic. Thank it is you. a great brand. This is a great brand, really mm. great history, and you guys are doing some fantastic stuff. i being been keeping an eye out. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last Fast Five question is, what would you say to the younger version of yourself when taking on a people management role for the first time?
1: I would say you don't have to know all the answers and and for example when I stepped first stepped into my role at Optus I was terrified that I wasn't going to have all the answers and I was going to get found out somehow (laughs) but (laughs) but that's that's why that's why we have great people around us to to work with us and help us to achieve that vision And, and I don't necessarily need to know it all I just need to be able to steer awesome people in the right direction and they will find the way.
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's absolutely true. And all that 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 kind of age old saying about, you know, hire people who are better at their jobs than you are in a way, you know? well that's actually why I hired you because you're so much <laughs> technically better at digital marketing than I could ever be. So yeah, it's Then what you
1: managed to do for me, Mel, was to show me how to take, for example, some of those technical strengths and translate that into a business strategy. And that was, that was a massive strength of yours that you
0: really helped to grow in me. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Okay, so thanks for um, answering those fast five questions for me, Ange. That's fantastic and I think the, the audience would have gained a lot from listening to those answers. If it's okay with you, it would be great to dive into a couple of those topics a bit more specifically. I'm really interested in uh, learning a little bit more about that transition that you had from managing a really small team, I think it was three people at the time at Mortgage Choice to a team of 20 and then you're now at 58. How do you transition through that and what what goes through your mind sort of in the first few weeks of, of going from a team of three to 20?
1: Sure thing. So I had had managed slightly larger teams when I was agency side, but yes, you're right, that was a big leap. And so on my first day at Optus, I vividly remember coming into the office, being introduced to all the team, promptly forgetting everybody's name and wondering how the heck I was going to figure out who everybody was and what they did, sitting down at my desk and going, gosh, what next? and i was lucky i guess in a sense that i had joined just before the christmas break so there was a bit of an office shut down and so i had a couple of weeks where there wasn't many of, of the team around so that gave me a chance to really dive into okay what what's going on you know how are things operating what's going well what's not going well and where can i add value for me um, it was also about resisting that need or that, that feeling that I had to try to prove myself straight away by making heaps of changes or looking like I was taking a lot of action. Because I think the best thing that, that someone can do when stepping into a new role like that, particularly when there's a large team, is to understand and listen a lot more before responding. For me, that has been something that I've tried to keep in mind throughout the whole, every transition that I've made at Optus is seek to understand and then look to where can I add value or where can I help to maybe tweak where somebody is going to just make that more effective. And also, I suppose, understanding truly what the business impact is of what we're doing. And that's something I've always been really, really passionate about. Um, I think marketing, there's obviously an art and a science to it, but at the end of the day, we need to be driving business and so I think that that's in those early days at Optus was something that I was very focused
0: on. Ah, that, that makes a lot of sense and some great advice there. You, you mentioned before that it was, it was quite scary and how, how did you overcome that fear as you were going through that transition?
1: Well I, I've always been interested in doing things that terrify me because I think that that's the way that we grow. From that perspective I was prepared to feel the fear and do it anyway. Having said that, I think that I put a lot of pressure on myself, particularly in the early days, to look like I had absolutely everything under control and not show any vulnerability, because that might indicate that I wasn't, you know, completely in control of everything that I was doing. And it was really, I had a bit of a turning point. Um, So Optus has has a lot of fantastic training and, and development and I was lucky enough to go on an executive women's leadership training course. And as part of that, I was given an executive coach to work with and that's the first time I've ever done that. And in my first uh, meeting with her, she said to me, you are putting on armor every single day and acting like you're walking into a battlefield. (laughs) You have got to learn how to be vulnerable because with vulnerability also comes authenticity and also, you know, there is power in vulnerability and, the, and, and there's kind of a false power in, in not embracing that. So I, I, she pointed me in the direction of a lot of Brené Brown, which I think was, was really good for me and it showed me that it's okay to, to not have the answers or to, to show vulnerability to the team because that makes you human, that makes you relatable and it it actually improves the relationship that you have with your team.
0: So how did you kind of see that, I guess, manifesting in terms of how did your team react once you started to become more vulnerable and how did it change how you felt about yourself? I think it
1: just makes the team even more in your corner because you're being honest about the challenges and they want to help and they want to lean in and they want to support. And and when you do that, they also feel that they can open up more to you. And and so I think that that just made my relationship with my team that much stronger and also that much more honest that we could have really, really honest conversations with each other. If we round back to that point before about the, the crucial importance of feedback, feedback thrives in an environment of trust. And trust comes from vulnerability and authenticity and being able to open up to each other. And once that trust is there, then then we can have the tough conversations And I know that my team isn't going to take that harshly because they know that we're, we're simply being honest with each
0: other. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to really let you guard down a little bit to, to be vulnerable, but it does make such a massive difference. So you, you and I caught up recently, Ange, and um, one of the things you said to me was that you had to learn to let go of the need to be liked so that you could have honest conversations with your team members. Um, how did you let go of that and why is it so important to have honest conversations?
1: Absolutely. I think this, is, this can be a painful topic, right? Because we all want to be liked um, and hopefully I'm liked most of the time by my team but there are obviously going to be times when I'm going to have to make tough decisions and some people might not like that and they may, might not like me because of it and that can be a challenging thing to let go of and I think women in particular put that pressure on ourselves you know we want to be liked but at the end of the day if that if that's the key driver then it drives us to shy away from important conversations because they're, they're difficult to have, or we, we don't want to have them because we're afraid of of how we'll be perceived for them. But a shying away from those conversations or those decisions doesn't necessarily lead to the right outcome, either for the team or for the business. I've learned to, to accept and completely respect that sometimes people aren't going to like some of the things I do, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, and, and I think because as you said before around becoming vulnerable and building trust with people, then they, they're they going to like you as a person. It's just they may not like some of the decisions you make or some of the conversations you have to have with them. But having built that trust beforehand kind of enables you to to have those those conversations and gives you permission, obviously, almost to do so, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And hopefully there's also an underlying respect that that is hopefully built there as well in terms of even if I don't like the decision that you've made or if I don't like the conversation that, you've had, I can respect why you've had to do it.
0: Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, One of the things you mentioned earlier was how important it is to hire the right people and have the right people in your team. Do you have any tips for people who are recruiting and, and how they might go about finding the right people? First and foremost, never rush the recruitment process.
1: I mean, conversely, don't drag it out so that it becomes painful <laughs> because <laughs> that's not very respectful to people in their time. But there, there can sometimes be, particularly when a team is under strain, oh, my gosh, I've just got to get somebody in and, and we need an extra pair of hands. But sometimes those you know, decisions made in those sort of situations are not always the best. So give yourself enough time, I think, to, to make the right decision. Bringing in members of the team as well, so not just myself as a a hiring manager, but having peers or or even people that they're going to need to manage come in on that to give their point of view can also be key. Making sure that you look at cultural fit as well as technical and sort of job-ready skills as well. And really taking the time, I think, to ask questions that, that help you get to know them more as a person. Beyond I suppose just the what are your hobbies and and some of the other sort of lanes <laughs> getting to know you questions that we use in interviews to to get a more of a sense of, of of the full person
0: yeah and I think those types of questions really help understand that will component that you were talking about before, really getting a feel for what's the kind of passion inside them that you, that you can't teach and you because the skill side of it tends to be quite easy to tick off really in a resume right, and you can. You can test some of that, that skill side of things with a couple of easy questions in an interview, but asking the right ones to get that real feel for what, what, what drives them and what gets them out of bed every morning really can make a difference to finding the right people.
1: Absolutely. I, and I know that a, it's probably another bit of a cliched question around why are you excited to join us? And a lot of people have pretty rote right answers to that. <laughs> but <laughs> when people have really, really well thought out answers to that, I think that's a really good sign because, you know, you want people who are really excited about the opportunity and who are going to grab it with both hands and really run with it.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, Ange, um, it's been fantastic having a chat with you today. One of the things that you said earlier and you also said when we caught up was that a very important part of your role as a leader is to help your team shine. And um, from what I can tell, your team are shining very bright I know that you have just been shortlisted for the Mumbrella Awards um, for the Marketing Team of the Year, which is fantastic news, congratulations on that. And I hope that you guys win, it would be well-deserved. <laughs> Thank you, We're well, fingers crossed. My
1: team is obviously part of a broader marketing team, but we're a significant chunk of that team. So I'm exceptionally proud of the contribution that we make to the broader marketing community in Optus and, and the, the passion for innovation that my team has, which, which I really share. And I think you know, every single day, we see that as an opportunity to be better than we were yesterday. And, and we really support each other to do that. That is what makes our team unique and that's what makes me so proud of
0: us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, they're lucky to have you <laughs> and I no, miss, well, I'm miss lucky working to have with them. you <laughs> 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 and uh, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us today and being so honest um, and vulnerable with your answers <laughs> to the questions. Thank you very much and I, I wish you guys and your team all the very best of luck. Thanks Mel, pleasure talking to you keep up to date with the latest information and tools. Visit betterbosses.com.au to sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. And if you have a topic or question that you'd like us to cover, please drop us a line at hello at betterbosses.com.au. We'd love to hear from you.